I don't think Rory McIlroy even thought he had a chance against Dustin Johnson this weekend, playing so well down in the WGC Mexico Championship and another winner in Puerto Rico on the PGA Tour on this Data Monday. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. Good to be with you today on this Monday, where we get to review the data of these impressive winners. For the weekend, it was a a dominating performance, obviously down in Mexico, you kind of got the feel from Rory McIlroy, if you watch those interviews of him Saturday night after they played, that uh, he just really didn't feel like he had much of a, a chance uh, after watching how Dustin had been playing. So, And he played marvelously. It, it definitely feels more like 2017 when Dustin Johnson was just kind of winning everything. He seemed untouchable, was completely dominant and was the overwhelming favorite going into the Masters when he kind of hurt his back, tweaked his back out and missed that, and that kind of disrupted the 2017 year. But anyway, we have another winner on the PGA Tour, sort of the little brother tournament that the PGA Tour put on down in Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rico Open, where a Martin Trainer, who came off the Web.com Tour last year, had his first win on the PGA Tour, so congratulations to him. Obviously not as prestigious as when there's a a WGC event going on, but still gives them the two-year exemption, which has got to feel good when you come off the web.com tour and you've got to be in the back of your head, right, that you want to stay up with the big boys and you don't want to go back down to the the JV League. And so great for him that way. I think it was 540K in the bank account, which definitely doesn't hurt anything. So congratulations to him as well, and we'll see him more on the PGA Tour now with that exemption. So on this Data Monday, then, just kind of wanted to jump in. Some of the cool things that happened with Dustin Johnson's win this week is, one, he now is fully exempt on the PGA Tour. He has 20 career wins. It's essentially like earning a tenure in academia where he essentially is guaranteed a job for as long as he wants to play. Now, he's only been on... It's kind of a weird thing that the PGA Tour has set up. You can only be fully exempt or have lifetime exemption after being on tour for 15 years, which, I mean, I don't get those kinds of things. That just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Dustin Johnson happened to win 20 events. with. He's in his 12th year on tour. He's won a tour event every single year he's been on tour. This makes it his 12th year in a row. So he's got it all wrapped up. He's got 20 victories, but he can't technically have lifetime exemption until his 15th year which is goofy. I think the WGC gives him a three-year exemption, not to mention all the previous wins. So he was fully exempt anyway through the next three years, but now he doesn't have to worry about where he's going to play. He can play anywhere he wants, as much as he wants, and he's in really good shape. So congratulations to Dustin Johnson on that, on that win, a huge win for him that way. So if we jump then into... The stats on this Data Monday, we'll do that. That's always a a fun part of this day. And we've got some changes, so we'll go ahead and first just jump in and go through the the stuff that we like to look at, kind of comparing Dustin Johnson to how he's been playing up till now. 
So first and foremost, with Dustin Johnson's win, he will return to number one in the world after next week, after the Honda. So I don't know how they figure that all out. I know it's the number of uh, tournaments you play and this, that, and the other. I have never taken the time to sit down and figure out how they calculate the world rankings. How they get there, we just kind of leave it to the eggheads and we don't really worry about it. As I consider myself one of the eggheads, I guess that's kind of a problem. But anyway, so he returns to number one in the world, playing more like 27, his 2017 form. He, this is his second worldwide win of the year. He also won over in, I believe, was Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? Right, where all the controversy was there. And not to mention his appearance money, whatever that was. But So really an amazing uh, situation for Dustin. He's, going, he's got lifetime exemption and he's going back to number one in the world. Pretty, pretty great stuff. As far as the FedEx Cup goes, this takes Dustin Johnson. He was in 60th position in the FedEx Cup rankings. This bumps him all the way up to eighth spot. Whereas J.B. Holmes last week, he was 61st spot and bumped him all the way up into ninth spot. So we can kind of see how that works. And, and that's kind of interesting because the previous two weeks, Phil Mickelson and Justin Rose were both in the 40th spot and bumped up to the sixth spot, right? So that's Dustin Johnson now is in the top 10. He's ranked eighth in the FedEx Cup for this year. So excellent that way. Uh, we'll look at his consistency numbers. So over the course of his career, he's been in 246 tournaments and now he's 120, right? Do the math on that. That's pretty impressive. He's made, well, he's made 201 cuts. So let's put it that way. He, he wins, when he makes a cut, he's winning, 20, he's winning 10% of the time. His win percentage is 10% of the time. That is impressive, really impressive. So his consistency rating, he's been in 246 tournaments. He's made the cut 201 times for a cut made percentage of 82%. And as we know, that's very good. Now, if we jump back down to, if we look at his 2018 numbers, he, he was in, and we like to do this to kind of see what the trend is. We know that his, his career number is 82%. Well, in 2018, he entered 20 events, made 19 cuts for a 95% clip. So consistency was up there. And then as far as this year, he's played in five events. He's made five cuts. So he's at 100%. Nothing to learn there other than if you look at what he's doing this year versus what he's done over the course of his career, he's up 13 points higher. All looking really green and really, on my spreadsheet here, it's all green. It looks really, really good. So let's just go in then to the performance numbers on how he performed this week. And we're gonna match it up against our benchmarks. Our benchmarks again are those numbers that we will use going into this golf season to, to compare our games to the pros and see how we match up. See how our games hold up. And then we will use these performance benchmark numbers to decide, well, to calculate uh, how healthy our game is and then help us decide what we should be working on. So we're always working on the right parts of our game. And hopefully, and this is the reason I got into this in the first place, is there's just these expectations are so high. I've played with guys that have gotten up and down from sand traps 50% of the time and throw they throw a stink fit when they miss a putt. And it's like, dude, you're getting up, up and down from the sand 50% of the time. That's tour quality play. Why are you upset? And I just think that if we know the numbers, the real hard numbers, the data, and we compare our games to these top tour players, this is the PGA Tour. These, this is the creme de la creme. These are the top guys. 
If we compare our games to theirs and it measures up, then we need to shut up. We need to quit complaining about our games and just be happy with them. And then work on those things that don't match up, that aren't tour quality. So we are going to be able to transform our games into tour quality play. And you'll notice everybody is not consistently good all the way across all these statistics, right? It's like herding cats. You just do the best you can. But this gives us a very good idea of where our games should be so we can then accurately analyze our games and then work on those things that are the weakest. So we could technically, if we work on our games properly, have a tour quality game based on the percentages. So let's take a look at them real quick and see how Dustin Johnson, uh, driving accuracy, always pretty important for as long as Dustin Johnson hits it. Always, I'm sure it's always on the back of his mind. So for the tournament, he averaged 61% driving accuracy. He hit 61% of the fairways. And over the course of his career, career, that's at 59%. So he was two percentage points higher for the WGC Mexico Championship. Greens and regulation. For the, this event, he was at 81% of his greens, 8 out of 10. Over the course of his career, well, over the course of 2018 that we're looking at, he hit 71% of his greens. So 10 percentage points higher than how he performed last year on average. Sand saves. He got up and down out of the sand 50% of the time, exactly half. For his career, I mean, for his 2018 performance, he's at 52%. His scrambling numbers, I don't know why the PGA Tour doesn't give us running scrambling numbers. I have absolutely no idea why they don't calculate those for tournaments, but they don't. But over the course of his career, Dustin Johnson is making 63%. He's getting up and down 63% of the time around the greens. And then strokes gained putting. For this tournament, he averaged 2.1 strokes per round in putting. He was two strokes better on the greens than the field, which is really impressive. Over the course of 2018, that was, what, 0.38. So only 0.4 strokes per round was his average in 2018. So considerably better putting. And he mentioned that in his post game. As long as he's putting like this, he feels like he's going to have a pretty good year. Easy to, easy to believe that, right? Now, let's take those numbers then and, and let's compare them to our benchmark numbers. And this is things have gotten a little dif different here. A lot of you have come back to me and said, hey, these benchmark numbers are confusing because you're giving us a range. I'll explain the range. The range was essentially when we looked at these numbers and I'm thinking, okay, we got to come up with realistic tour quality numbers so we can analyze our game against the best, but I don't want to have the best in every single category because that's unrealistic. We don't practice, we don't have the skill set, we don't, anyway. So you got to come up with something that's a little more reasonable. So we looked at the average, the average to the bottom half and created an average of those two numbers. And I was basically saying anywhere within this average would put you in the lower half of the tour, but it's still tour quality. So I've tried to make that even simpler now. I'm not giving a range anymore. We've basically gone and just averaged those two numbers together and come up with something. And I've tried to round it so it's easier to remember. Hopefully this will be less confusing, but every bit as helpful, I think, as far as looking at our games. It's going to make the creating the app a lot easier as well. But this is still a really good way to identify if we're performing tour quality or not. And to sort of get my point across, 
I've created these numbers and then I, I'll give you three names of people who are below this performance number to kind of give you an idea that yes, this is still legitimately tour quality percentages. Okay, so don't, don't knock the numbers. It's just straight up data. It just is what it is. And it's okay to compare your game to these numbers and feel good about it and say you have a tour quality game in this aspect of your game. Okay, so let's go through these. First and foremost, we're saying driving accuracy should be 55%. Okay, if you're below 55%, go ahead and work on it. And if you're above 55%, awesome. Dustin Johnson for his for 2018 was 59%. And then 61% for the tournament. So well above the 55% in our benchmark. So performed well. And we would expect to see somebody who wins a golf tournament do really well against our benchmarks. Right? Okay. So greens and regulation. We say that you should hit the green 65% of the time. Dustin Johnson did it 81% of the time this tournament. He typically does it 71% of the time, at least in 2018. All right. Sand saves. We're saying... 45% is a good number to gauge whether your game is tour quality or not in that aspect. Sand saves. Dustin Johnson, 50% for the tournament, uh, 52% for 2018. Okay, great. Scrambling, Dustin Johnson over 2018, 63%. We're saying you should be able to get up and down around the green 55% of the time. Right? Okay, so he was above that. Not by much, but he was still above that. Okay, so putting. Dustin Johnson for 2018 made 6.5% of his putts over 25 feet. Our benchmark for that is 4%. For putting between 15 and 20 feet in 2018, Dustin Johnson made 16% of those putts. Our benchmark is 14%, so very close there. Dustin Johnson from 10 to 15 feet made 34% of his putts, which is quite high. We're looking at a benchmark at 25%. So one out of four from that 10 to 15 foot range, okay? I know everybody thinks they should make every 10 footer, and that's just not possible. Dustin Johnson, who's putting very well from that range, is at 34%. And then three to five, the three to five foot range, we're saying 80% of the time you should be able to make that putt. We break that down a little bit further. Dustin Johnson was... Uh, 82% from 5 feet, 93% from 4 feet, and 99.85% from 3 feet. He did not miss those 3-footers at all in 2018. So, and then how many putts per round, which I think is an important stat. It, obviously, you, there's a lot that goes into putts per round, but as far as lag, when you talk about lag putting and trying to get up and down and, and figure out whether you need to work on your putting or not, this is just kind of a nice stat to look at. So anything under 30 we're saying is a good putting round. So anything under 30, Dustin Johnson averages 28.47 putts per round in 2018. So now to back these numbers up, I'm gonna go to driving accuracy, this 55% number. These these three individuals hit less than 55% of their fairways in 2018. Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson, and Tony Finau, okay? So 55% is tour quality. These three did worse than that. And we would say they're, they're, they're good tour players, right? Greens and regulation, we're saying 65%. These three players were less than that in 2018. Phil Mickelson, Jason Duffner, and Patrick Reed. Okay? Justifying the 65% number. Sand saves, 45%. We're saying you get up and down. These three, play, these three players finished less than that 
for 2018. Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, and Gary Woodland. The thing that's really upsetting about this for me is I've played with Tony Finau before, and he actually gave me a lesson in the bunker, and I have used what he taught me since, but he doesn't even add up to our benchmarks. So I don't know what to do with that. Anyway, moving along. Hey, scrambling. The benchmark is 55%. Those who performed worse than 55% for 2018, Adam Scott, and again, a list of a number. I just tried to grab three that we would, we would recognize just to, to establish that this number is a good one. Uh, less than 55% scrambling. Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, and Jason Kokrak. Okay? Names we all know. Now, putting. So 4% is our benchmark. Those that performed less than making 4% of their 25-footers and over, Kevin Kisner, Bryson DeChambeau, and Xander Shoffley, who is leading the FedEx Cup points right now, right? Putting from 15 to 20 feet. We're saying 14% of those need to be made. Those who performed less than that, Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth, Henrik Stenson. Okay, a good number. Those are true quality players, right? Okay, putting from 10 to 15 feet. We're saying you should make 25% of those. Three individuals who made less than that. Kevin Chappell, Louis Oosthuizen, Francisco Molinari. They performed less than that 25%. Three to five feet. We're saying you make 80% of these. Those who performed less than that. Hideki Matsuyama, Brooks Kepka, and Brandon Grace. Okay? And then last, putts per round, 30 or less. Those that performed worse than that, which means more than 30 per round, Jason Kokrak, Patrick Cantley, who had a nice week, who had a nice week, and Gary Woodland. Hopefully players that you understand. I, all I'm saying is these benchmark numbers are solid. And if you put your game up against these numbers and you are performing close to or better than these benchmarks, you have a tour quality game and you need to stop worrying about it and play stress-free and understand that golf is just golf and there's, it's hard. It's milliseconds and millimeters and it's just not, per, it's just not a game of perfect. It's just a game of getting and, and performing as best you possibly can and keeping these numbers, these expectations in their proper place. And if we do that, we'll play better golf. We'll, we'll have a lot more fun if we keep that in mind. So anyway, hopefully that's helpful. I'll put these new numbers up. I hope it makes it easier to understand. It's definitely going to make it easier for the uh, completion of the app, which I'm pretty excited about. It's in the design phase right now, so it looks cool. The performance side of it is actually pretty easy. The design side of it, originally it looked really crappy, and I don't want something that looks crappy. I just can't do it. So, oops, I almost forgot the most fun part of all of this on the Data Monday. At least it's, it's one of my favorite parts. Let's break down the numbers. Let's look at the money. You got to look at the money. So in the uh, WGC Mexico Championship, it's a WGC event. So the purse is a little bit higher, right? So the purse is $10.25 million. Dustin Johnson, for his efforts, took home $1.745 million. So how does that break out? His final score was 263. So let's break that out for fun. So per day, over the course of the four days that he played in the tournament, Dustin Johnson earned $436,250 a day. 
right? $436,250 a day. Nice, really nice. Okay, what does that work out per hour? Again, we always go with the five hour round. That would be $87,250 per hour. $87,250 per hour for his efforts, assuming a five hour round. And finally, per stroke, right? 263 strokes. Dustin Johnson made $6,634.98 per stroke. How about them apples? That is, that is some good work if you can get it. So some more fun numbers there. So a funsy, if you will. Again, anyway, that is it for a Data Monday. Congratulations to Dustin Johnson and to Martin Trainer on their wins. Remember, until next time, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.